AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in-person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You know how the center of things are always the most important things? You know, like in this in cities, the center of the city is the most important part. That's where all the action happens and like the eye of the storm. There's always something very special and significant about the center of something big. Yeah, exactly. And so the center plays a big role in our sort of mental organization. When I walk around a city, I'm always doing it with respect to the center. I have like an, an image in my mind of where are the skyscrapers, where am I going? Everything is oriented relative to the center. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about the center of the galaxy, right? Like, is the center of the galaxy where all the action is in our neighborhood? The uh, the center of the galaxy is a hot, nasty place. And uh, it's really interesting to think about what might be there. So there could be a, a super cool, awesome galactic party in the center, but we have no idea. <laughs> That's right. Somebody could be having the best dance party ever and we weren't invited. It's happening downtown at the galaxy. I'm a cartoonist. And I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist. And we are the authors of the book, We Have No Idea, and the hosts of this podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. I hope we're the hosts because there's nobody else here recording with us. So it's not us. <laughs> who's in charge? Know who's doing it? <laughs> That's right. I'm just here to chat about science. Who's hosting this thing after all? Yeah. Where are the adults? How did they let two... How uh... did they let two goof-offs host, host a podcast yeah. like this? Yeah, I've been asking that question myself for quite a while. Mm. Um, I, my wife and I talk about that all the time. We like look at each other and we're like, we're running a household. When are the adults <laughs> going to come in and tell us what to do? You know? <laughs> we're actually making all these decisions? How did that happen? I don't know when we... I don't know. At some point, we don't tell the kids into, from 
irresponsible um, adulthood into um, attempt at responsible adulthood. Wow. But anyway. Well, uh, well I, I think we're it, Daniel. I think we are the people on this podcast. Well, we better get hosting then. Welcome, everybody, to Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, where we try to take the universe and explain it to you and make sure that it actually makes sense. Take deep, big philosophical questions that everybody wants to know the answers to and chat about them and make sure everybody goes away with a deeper understanding of what's going on around your planet, in your solar system, and in your galaxy. Yeah. And today on the podcast, we are going to talk about... What is at the center of the galaxy? Exactly. We're going straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah, we're going into the eye of the storm. That's right. What matters in the galaxy? What is at the seething maelstrom that is the craziest, densest place in the galaxy? Yeah, what happens when everything swirls around and what's at the center? (laughs) Are you imagining the galaxy is like one giant toilet? You can just throw your trash out and it all ends up in the center? It sort of looks like a swirling toilet, doesn't it? Yeah, I think of it more like a uh, like a dancing star spinning its way through the universe. But you can go with your beautiful toilet <laughs> analogy if that helps you. you know? <laughs> spinning star, toilet humor, you know, it's all it's all poetry in the grand scheme yeah. of the universe. Tell me why you were a comic and not a poet again, Jorge. <laughs> Tell me why I'm not a physicist. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, we can cross poet off the list also. Um, I think what you were saying before was really interesting about how the center is the most important place, right? And I wonder if that's for physical reasons or like social and mental reasons. I mean, physically, the center is always the densest because everything gets attracted there, right? Gravity mm-hmm. will pull stuff together and make you have a dense core. Right. But I wonder if that's why we think of the center as, as important or if there's some other reason. Well, it's it's technically the spot that is closest to everything else, right? Like no other spot is closest to everything else than the center of something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Good geometric argument, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why cities build around a downtown, right? Because everyone wants to stay within a certain distance of the downtown. Mm-hmm. But in the terms in terms of like social planning, we've had these interesting cycles in cities, right? Where like mm-hmm. the center is the most important and then people spread out to the suburbs and then the center can sometimes die, right? We have this like urban decay. Yeah. And then of course, folks come in and rebuild condos and then we have urban renewal. But we have, you know, these patterns in our cities where the center is really important. It's where everything's happening. And that's sort of, you know, like in L.A. where it's just like a bunch of newspapers blowing around empty streets. And then uh, people come back and move back in. Yeah, so that's the topic of today's podcast is what is at the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way? What's going on in the center of our home, in 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 the center of our galactic city? That's right. The center of mass of this beautiful bunch of hundreds of billions of stars that we call the Milky Way. And so as usual, before we dove into this topic, we went around town and we asked people, we said, do you know what's at the center of the galaxy? So those of you listening, think about it. Think about the picture of the galaxy you may have seen in on TV or online as this big swirling swirl of, of, of our, called our Milky Way. And what do you think is lying there in the center of that swirl? Is it turtles all the way down? Is it bananas all the way? Is it turtles eating bananas? <laughs> uh, but he, anyways, here's, here's what people had to say. Uh, black hole. Not a huge one, but it's not tiny either. It's a decently sized one, probably from maybe a red giant. Like just stars. <laughs> okay, cool. Probably black hole. Probably some, some stars, some like... But like, that doesn't have to be some special thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say it's like a supermassive black hole? Not the biggest, but one. It's like a supermassive black hole. It's like 
Uh, I think it's a, a great wormhole. A big wormhole? Yes. Probably nothing, but, you know, it's just a relatively dense cluster of stars, so... Probably black hole. Isn't that a black hole? I thought that was the answer, but... Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, not a lot of... Uh, consistent answers here. No, the center of the galaxy PR team has some work to do in advertising the real estate opportunities down there. Yeah, nobody seems to know what's there. I mean, people had some pretty confident guesses at least. Yeah, I fell into a couple categories. Some people are like, there's a big black hole. Mm. Other people are like, well, the galaxy is just stars, so more stars, mm. right? And then you have your exotic answer for somebody who thought that there was a wormhole at the center of the galaxy. And boy, I wish that were true. That would be awesome. Yeah. You mean like a toilet, like a <laughs> like, like you not, get to the center like and you you flush somewhere else. <laughs> Do you have something you need to get rid of, Jorge? I feel like this is on your mind. You need to like somewhere expunge to something in your house. You got like some contraband you're looking to get rid of. No, I think it'd be awesome to have a wormhole at the center of the galaxy from the sort of transportation point of view. Like, mm. wouldn't that be the perfect place for a hub, right? If you wanted to get to the next galaxy over, just go to the center, and there's there's a wormhole that connects you to other centers of other galaxies, and that's how you could get to other galaxies, right? That would be pretty awesome. Oh. I mean, if I was designing the universe, definitely would would go that way. Like the downtown train station or bus station. It's like you go to the center yes, exactly, to go exactly. to another city. That's right. That's where you can go to get to another galaxy or, you know, score some illegal stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, the, the real answer is that any of these answers could be true, right? Like There could be a wormhole. We don't know. There could be a black hole. We sort of don't know, right? Um, the real answer is that all these answers are mostly true. Yes, um, there definitely are a lot of stars there. Um, we have very strong evidence now that there is a huge black hole at the center of the galaxy. Um, we don't know that there's a wormhole, but you know, we don't know that much about wormholes. We just recorded an episode about them. And one hypothesis is that some black holes really are the openings to wormholes. So it could certainly be that the mm. black hole at the center of our galaxy is actually a wormhole that could take you to other galaxies. You know, I think I'd probably bet it's more likely about your toilet theory of the universe, but um, it's certainly a possibility, yeah. Are you flushing down my ideas down the toilet? <laughs> you know, I'm putting them where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, but let me, let's take a step back. So uh, just to give our listeners a little recap. So we are on the planet Earth. The planet Earth is going around the sun in our solar system. And our solar system is actually one of the many billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. That's right. That's very helpful if somebody's sending you a letter from another galaxy. I hope everybody was writing that down. They're like, is, does this podcast apply to me? <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you're not on Earth, then uh, send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to hear what you think of our bad humor. <laughs> That's right. Interstellar podcast jokes. We'll see, if, we'll see if humor translates from here to other galaxies. Yeah, that's uh, roughly the the where we are in the galaxy. I think it's also helpful if people know like how big is the galaxy. You know, is this like uh, you know a few solar systems? Is this uh, you know most of the universe? Um, how, how what's the scale of this thing we're talking about? Yeah, uh, I looked it up in these notes you sent me, and the galaxy <laughs> is. I love the way you do research. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets lazier and lazier as we go forward here. <laughs> Um, Somebody put these numbers in front of me. I will not vouch for them, but I will read them to you as if they were true. A physicist sent these numbers to me, so I'm pretty sure. No, you got an email from somebody who's claiming to be a physicist. You don't even know if it's from that person. <laughs> That's right. So I haven't, seen, I haven't really seen your diploma, Daniel. I should really check before 
<laughs> putting myself out there. Be, you know, I never had a defense. You, you never had a, a thesis defense? What do you mean? And no, no thesis defense. Wow. You were indefensible. <laughs> the best thesis defense is a good offense. You know, that's my favorite XQCD So you went into your committee's um, offices and you just tackled them before they even knew what was going no, on. No, um, at, um, at UC Berkeley, where I did my grad school, they do not have a thesis defense what? required. And in the physics department, there is no defense. So you just turn in your thesis and then the margins lady checks that the margins are correct, you know, that the number of pages is right and the, everything's in the right place. And then she gives you a lollipop that says, congratulations. And that's it. You have a PhD. Wow. So it happens offline in the, when you're writing it. Yeah, well, you turn it into this uh, windowless room in the basement uh, of the library and she checks the margins personally. And then when she decides that your margins are acceptable, then you have a PhD. Oh, okay. So the fact that you have a lollipop uh, makes you qualified to talk about the galaxy and the universe. Yeah, problem is I don't know where that lollipop is anymore. So um, <laughs> You didn't frame it? It's not hanging in your office? <laughs> Who has a framed lollipop? Seriously, that would be weird. So the galaxy is, our galaxy, the Milky Way, is about 100,000 light years why? That's right. If you shine the light in one, then it would take 100,000 years for somebody on the other side to see this light turn on. That's right, which is really big, right? But it's tiny compared to the distances between galaxies, which is much, much, much larger, right? Mm. So you can think of, you know, the stars in our galaxy as being pretty far apart. It takes light years to get to another star. Um, the galaxy itself you can think of as a cluster, and then it's super far to get to the next one, right? The thing I love about the structure of the universe is it has all these hierarchies. You know, oh, we think the sun is really far away. Well, it's really close compared to the next star. Mm. Well, you think like uh, all these stars are far apart from each other. Well, they're really close to each other compared to the next galaxy over, right? So right. it's really fun to think about all these scales. But yeah, the galaxy is about 100 light years, 100,000 light years across. Yeah. And we are about 25,000 light years from the center. Huh, so we're about a quarter, no wait, halfway out from the center to the edge of it. That's right. And I don't think that that's a coincidence because the, you can't have life everywhere in the galaxy. You cannot. No, you can't have life too close to the center, right? It's sort of the opposite of a city where things get more exciting as you get to closer. Right? The, mm. the nightlife gets better and better. Um, in a galaxy, nightlife is pretty hard to come by. In the center of the galaxy, because there's so much radiation, it's like, basically, it's deadly. It's like, it is like the center of the storm. It's like the, the most, the craziest part of the galaxy. Yeah, it's the center of the nuclear storm. And there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the center of the galaxy we don't understand. But what we do know is that there's a huge amount of deadly radiation coming from there. And if we were much closer to the center of the galaxy, then life could not have formed the way we know it. It would have to be like super radiation hard life or something, something like that. Hmm. And you also don't want to be too far out away from the center of the galaxy. Because? Well, you need enough stuff, right, to, to form stars and to form planets. And, and you want to have big planets going around your solar system because mm -hmm. that can help you protect yourself against asteroids and stuff like that. Like a lot of people think that Jupiter has helped life form on Earth by acting as sort of like a linebacker, pulling in asteroids and meteors and comets that come into the solar system that might have smashed into Earth and protecting us. So the further out you get from the center of the galaxy, the less stuff there is. And so the, the fewer number of these big planets there are. And so there's sort of like a Goldilocks zone, right? There's a Goldilocks zone around each star, but mm -hmm. there's also a Goldilocks zone around the center of the galaxy. Wow. So it's lucky that our solar system is where it is in the galaxy. It's convenient. 
It's convenient, yeah. I mean, if our star was somewhere else, we wouldn't have had life and we wouldn't be asking this question. Oh, okay. Or we'd be a lot thicker skin, maybe. <laughs> That's right. To take all That's this right. We'd look a lot cooler. We'd be able to shoot laser beams at each other and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> we'd yeah. be super it's, fun, it's fun to imagine. <laughs> it's fun to imagine how life might have evolved under totally different circumstances. Oh. Um, yeah, so we're a little bit away from the center. Like if uh, the galaxy was like a CD, we'd be, we'd be halfway out in the disk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think of it more like a city, you know, like if the center of the galaxy was Manhattan, then we're out in Connecticut somewhere, right? Or like we're out in the burbs. Oh, okay. And it, I, I read also that it takes about 250 million years for our solar system to go around the galaxy. That's right. The galaxy itself is rotating. Like everything in space seems to be spinning. The galaxy itself is rotating. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see these spiral arms that come out of the galaxy and they're mm-hmm. not straight, right? They're sort of dragging behind. And that's because it's rotating and it takes 250 million years for the galaxy to rotate. You could also sort of think of that as like a galactic year, right? Mm. It takes the Earth one year to go around the sun. We call that a year. Um, and so it takes the sun 250 million years to go around the center of the galaxy. So that's one galactic year. Wow. And, you know, from that point of view, the universe is not that old. Right. But I mean, it, it, even from the, but from the age of the Earth, that's not that much, right? Because Earth is several billion years old. And so we've gone around the galaxy a few times since the Earth was born. Yeah, only about 20 times. Yeah, we've only done 20 times around the galaxy since the Earth was born, Earth being four or five billion years old. Yeah, not that many times around so far. We're pretty young as a galaxy. Yeah, so next year the Earth will be able to drink legally. (laughs) That's right. All bets are off next year. We have no idea what's (laughs) going on. Then it can go downtown to the center and really get into the the nightlife there. (laughs) Exactly. So that's when things really start to go crazy. Yeah, and there's about a hundred billion stars in our galaxy, so we're nothing special. A hundred billion, so a hundred thousand million stars, and we're just one of them. And we're just one of them. And the other important thing to understand is that the the stars in the galaxy are not just spread out evenly. Mm. It's not like you're spreading butter over a piece of bread and you just you know spread the stars evenly throughout the galaxy. Mm. The galaxy really has a very strong gravitational pull, and so it sucks stars in towards the center. And it's much much denser in the center of the galaxy than it is out here in the suburbs. Uh, yeah, uh, I was reading this also that as you get closer to the center, the space between stars gets smaller and smaller. That's right. If you um measure the density of stars out here where we are, then there's about 0.2 stars per cubic parsec. Mm. Parsec is a unit of distance, so cubic parsec is a, a unit of, uh, of volume, right? Do you know what a parsec is? Um, I think there's just over three light years in a parsec. Okay. So a cubic parsec is like 10 cubic light years, mm. and um, there's 0.2 stars for 10 cubic light years. So that means, um, you know, you need like 50 cubic light years on average to have a star in it. Or then that's where we live. So that's there's not that are, many right. stars. We're kind of out yeah. in the boonies almost. Yeah, we're out here, you know, where you can look through the forest and maybe see another twinkle of your life from your neighbor. But you don't have a house right next to you, right? The mm. other stars are not that close by. But if you go to the center of the galaxy, the story is very different. Yeah, I read that near the center of the galaxy, it's about 50 times more dense in terms of stars. No, I think it's 50 million times more dense. It's 10 million stars per cubic parsec. (laughs) I was just off by six orders of magnitude. You missed a little M there. (laughs) 50 million times more stars per cubic volume than than us here now. Yeah, exactly. Does that mean that if, if if we're out there in the middle of the galaxy, 
and I look out into the night sky, I would see 15 million more stars than I would see right now. It would be a lot brighter, yeah. Wow. And uh, you know, right now, the brightest kind of nights that we have, if you look up at the stars, if you look up at the sky, is when you have a full moon, right? And that makes it pretty bright. You can walk around, you can see stuff. If we were near the center of the galaxy, then the all the light from all those stars would be about 200 times brighter than the light from a full moon. Wow. So it would be like... It would be, you'd rarely have darkness, right? What would life be like um, if it evolved on a planet that, um, that rarely had true darkness? It, it would be sort of daylight the whole, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All those stars would be there at night. You would look up and the sky would just be full of dots and maybe circles because some of the suns might be close enough that you would see them as circle, possibly. That's right. And uh, you could have all sorts of different kinds of experiences, right? You could get like a sunburn at night. You could call it a starburn, I guess, because there'd be enough radiation from those stars to light up your life and even, uh, you know, toast your skin. You have to wear a hat all the time. (laughs) That's right. Sunscreen or star screen would be required even at night. Star screen. Getting ready to go to sleep, kids, put on your star screen. Wow. So uh, it, it's a lot crazier. I mean, and wouldn't it just be sort of chaos because everything would be reacting gravitationally? You'd be pulled this way and that way. Things would be pretty chaotic, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think it is pretty crazy down there. You know, the dynamics of a three-body system are really hard to understand because it's three things tugging and pulling on each other. So if you get to four, five, six, ten million things pulling on each other, it's a mess. Oh, man. It's really hard to understand how those things operate. And so things are moving and wiggling and bouncing, and it's a pretty crazy place. It's like, you know, this. it's like a, a dance club in the center of Manhattan or something. Wow. For those who are of, of age, clearly, of legal <laughs> For those age. Who have gone around the galaxy 21 times and are invited to the dance party at the center, you know, it's pretty crazy in there. Well, let's get it. Let's go deeper and let's think about, let's talk about what's actually at the center of the galaxy. But first, let's take a quick break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. All right, let's talk about what's at the actual center of the galaxy. Daniel, what's at the center of the galaxy? What's at the center of the galaxy is a super massive black hole. Super massive. Not just massive. Super massive. And I don't and that's not something you should bandy around when you're talking to your your mother-in-law about uh, how her dress makes her look, right? <laughs> but super massive is definitely appropriate when we're talking about this black hole because it weighs as much as millions and millions of stars. I, I, like, I like how this is an actual technical physics, physics term, super massive black hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was between super massive or just effing heavy, man. <laughs> and they went with super massive, yeah. But it's crazy. So uh, like if our sun turned into a black hole, like if you squished it and it turned to a black hole, it would have the mass of one sun, basically. So you're saying that these black holes at the, at the black hole at the center of the galaxy has millions of suns in it. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. And it could have, um, you know, smaller suns and bigger suns, but it's slurped them all together and it's grown and it's huge. It's an, it's incredible. It's a, it's this really massive blob. And the fascinating thing is that our galaxy is not unique. We have seen a, the, the black hole at the center of our galaxy that we'll talk in a minute about what that means to see it. And we've also seen it at the center of other galaxies. Mm. In fact, it seems to be more normal than abnormal to have a black hole at the center of the galaxy. Right. Most galaxies have a supermassive black hole in the middle. That's right, yeah. And, you know, that's what happens when things get dense. You crowd enough stars together and eventually you're going to get enough gravity to pull these things together to create black holes. Or one of them, you know, goes supernova and creates a black hole and then sucks in the other ones and it just grows and grows and grows. So... It's not a surprise, oh. right? It's, it's, it's sort of the best place to look for a black hole. Like, where should you find one? You should find one where there's the most mass because that's what a black hole is. It's a really high concentration of mass. Oh, that's kind of what inevitably happens when you have that much stuff together in the middle. Yeah, exactly. You squeeze enough stuff together and you're going to get a black hole. Hmm. So is that what's holding the galaxy together in a way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the black hole at the center is a tiny fraction of the mass budget of the galaxy, right? The mass, the galaxy has hundreds of billions of stars and the black hole at the center, it weighs as much as millions of stars. So we could do without it, right? If you deleted it, it would change the way the galaxy rotated because the, the, the basic dynamics of a galaxy is that it's 
spinning, right? All the stars are orbiting around the center. Mm. And they're getting pulled in by all the gravity from all the stuff that's closer to the center than they are. And that black hole is a chunk of it, but it's it's a it's a small fraction. So we could do without it, but yeah, uh, it is playing a role in keeping the the galaxy together. Oh, but it's not a huge role. It's not like the anchor of the galaxy. It's just like a it's just helping the galaxy stay together. That's right. Because also remember, most of the stuff in the galaxy that's providing gravity is not stars or dust or gas or even black holes. It's dark matter. Oh, right? There's much more dark matter in the galaxy than there is normal matter. Oh, five man. times as much. So also in the center of the galaxy is an enormous dense blob of dark matter that we can't see at all. Wow. Well, we talk about dark matter in another podcast episode, uh, but let's, let's focus on this black hole. How do we know there's even a black hole there if you can't see black holes? Yeah, you can't see them directly, which is really frustrating, right? And the reason you can't see them directly is because they absorb light and they don't give off any light, right? It's easy to to get confused about this topic, people think if something absorbs green light, for example, it makes it green. But remember, if something absorbs green light, then none of the green light gets to your eye, and so it doesn't look green. It, something only looks green if it reflects green light. Now, a black hole absorbs all light. No light can leave the black hole, which is why it mm -hmm. looks black, right? Right. So now you're looking for something black with black space behind it. It's pretty tricky to see. <laughs> Black on black, it's camouflaged. <laughs> That's right. It's perfectly camouflaged, uh, and it's not that large. Like it, it's not like a huge thing. And so it's it's dense and it's significant, but you can't really see it, right? It'd just be like a little tiny dot, black dot on a black background. Yeah, exactly. It's like a black dot on a black background, which is really hard to spot. Mm. Um, and the best way to see it is indirect, and the best way to indirectly study it is through its gravity, because that's really its dominant feature, right? It's a huge source of gravitational attraction. So what we can do is we can see the impact of the black hole on the stars around it. We can look to see how they're moving. Oh, I see. So kind of like you can tell there's a sun in our solar system because all the planets are going around in a circle. You can tell there's a black hole because of the way the stars near the center are going in a circle. Exactly. Imagine you couldn't see the sun for some reason. You were blind to the sun. Mm -hmm. And you saw all these planets orbiting the same location. You'd be like, hmm, what's going on? There must be something there that's providing this gravitational force, right? And you can calculate it. You can tell exactly how much it weighs and where it is just based on the motion of the planets. Mm -hmm. So use exactly that same strategy and then look at the stars that are near the center of the galaxy and ask, Are they orbiting something? Is there something there that they're moving around? Mm. And and absolutely there are. And it takes a long time because these stars, you know, are moving pretty quickly, but this stuff is far away. And so to watch a star orbit the center of the galaxy takes years or decades. And there's a couple of groups, one of the leading ones is at UCLA, and they've been watching these stars near the center of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And they are doing crazy stuff. They are swinging around at crazy high velocities and changing directions right. in a way that only makes sense if there's some enormous source of gravity right there at the center. Oh. Um, but we don't see anything, right? So that's a pretty big clue. It's like the observations and the math tell us there should be a black hole there. But then how do you separate that out from dark matter? Or how do you separate that out from just, there, just a, a lot of regular stars clumped together? Right, well, we don't see stars there, right? I mean, mm. if there were stars are luminous, they're bright. And so if there were stars there, we would see them. So we don't see any stars in that location, right? It's, it's dark. Um, and how do we know it's not dark matter? Well, there definitely is dark matter there also. Mm. Um, but we have a hard time studying dark matter because it's not as localized. It tends to be more spread out. It's sort of 
um, a smoother blob as far as we know, but that's a whole other um, area of discussion. Right. Um, what One way that we can tell that it's probably a black hole and not just something else is that we do see some radiation from it. Mm. That can only come from a black hole? Yeah, that's consistent with coming from a black hole. And somebody out there is probably thinking, hold on a second, it's a black hole. It doesn't emit any radiation. It's black. Except for Hawking radiation. And we're not talking about Hawking radiation. We're not talking about the little wiggles that come off the edge of the black hole when particles decay near their edge. We could talk about that in another podcast. Instead, we're talking about the radiation that comes from the stuff around the black hole that's not yet in it, but getting squeezed and pulled into the black mm. hole. This is something called an accretion disk. It's like the stuff swirling around the edge of the black hole that's right. not yet there. It's undergoing tremendous pressure. It's being really pulled and squeezed. It's like the chaos right before it falls down the, the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's right. Just before it gets flushed, it does a few last circles, and the little bits that are about to go go in get squeezed together, and that causes radiation. Oh. So, and that has a very specific signature that you can say, okay, that's stuff that is about to fall into a black hole. Yeah, and it's sort of like a, a flickering behavior. Um, it's not constant. It's something that happens sometimes, and it's exactly what you would expect from a black hole. And, and again, you can't see this directly, right? It's really hard to study the center of the galaxy because it's obscured with huge clouds of gas and dust. And so these stars that we, we want to image and, and this radiation is really difficult to see. We have to use all sorts of techniques, some combination of radio waves and infrared and X-ray emissions and all sorts of stuff. Mm. And so we, we see this radiation. We also see X-rays, right? X-rays and other things. Yeah, um, but each of these are absorbed differently by the, the gas and the dust that are between us and the center of the galaxy. And, um, and they're absorbed you know, di in different wavelengths, etc. And so we have to have really good maps of that dust in order to, to account for how much that's been absorbed. You know, how much of the signal are we missing because we're looking through a big sandstorm, essentially. Mm. Um, and that's why it's really important to have different ways to see. Because infrared and radio and x-ray, these are just different frequencies of light, essentially, of radio, of, of electromagnetic waves that are going through the galaxy. And the different frequencies are differently affected by the stuff that's between us and them. So having different handles is really helpful because you can tell um, what's there and what's not there. And it gives you a clearer picture. Right. It's like having um, multiple ways to ID somebody, right? You have their picture and you ha know their voice and you have their fingerprint or something like that. And you build up this picture slowly because we only have fragments of each of them. But if you had fragments of somebody's voice and their picture and, um, and you knew what they smelled like or something, then you could identify somebody even if you couldn't see them clearly. Mm. Okay, so that's what's at the center of the galaxy. It's just a lot, it's a party in there. A lot of stars. 10 million stars per cubic parsec. So yeah, it's million. a pretty hot and dense place. Yeah, and there's dark matter and there's supermassive, there's a supermassive black hole in there also. That's right, and... Pretty soon, we're hopeful that we'll get an even better view of what's going on in the center of the galaxy because we've, we have this project that's called the Event Horizon Telescope. Mm -hmm. Event Horizon is the name for the edge of the black hole beyond which nothing else can come out of. Mm -hmm. And they're building this telescope. It's essentially just tying together a bunch of different telescopes on Earth. But if you do that, if you use data from different telescopes all at the same time, it makes like a huge virtual telescope, one that's effectively the size of the distance between the telescopes. Oh. And so they're making one that's basically the size of the Earth. And they were supposed to have essentially a picture of the black hole, of the event horizon of the black hole. Imagine that image from Interstellar, you know, the picture of the black hole from Interstellar that's become sort of famous. Yeah, the, the one that um, looks like a basically a, a big black ball surrounded by kind of a halo. 
Yeah, yeah. To me, it looks a bit like a pizza that somebody sat on. Um, <laughs> a pizza. <laughs> a pizza that somebody flushed down the toilet. Exactly. It's a big flushed pizza. Anyway, we're going to see pretty soon what the center of the galaxy actually looks like oh, wow. thanks to the new Event Horizon Telescope. It was, the data was supposed to come out, the image was supposed to come out last year, but uh, they're still processing. So it could be any day that we're going to have this historic first image of the Event Horizon of a black hole. Of a black hole. And we, we, you will see details like in the, in the movie? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how, what kind of resolution they have. Wow. Um, but it's going to be pretty exciting. Wow. All the, all the black holeologists I know um, are very excited about it. Wow. That is an actual job description. Absolutely. And I should mention that in preparing for this podcast, I actually did some research myself. And I spoke to one of my esteemed colleagues, uh, Professor Aaron Barth, and he is a black holeologist. He studies supermassive black holes and he thinks about how do you make them and does it make sense and why do we have them and do they work the way we expect? There's a lot of open questions about the way black holes work. Even though we know they're there, we don't really understand why they're there and and how they got to be there. Black holeologist. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you can't get over that, right? You're like, I wasn't aware that that was a li- on the list. I wouldn't have become a cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone with something better, maybe like Black Holy Man. That would have been a little more... <laughs> I think that could be confused with something else. <laughs> well, a black holistic person, <laughs> doctor. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, so I heard there's a huge mystery surrounding black holes at the center of galaxies. And uh, we should totally get into it. But first, let's take a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 
2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right, so the, there is a huge, supermassive black hole at the center of the galaxy, and there's a huge mystery surrounding these black holes, which is that nobody knows how they came to be. They're inexplicable. That's right. They're too big, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, and some people like big black holes and they cannot lie, but we don't know. <laughs> oh, no. we, we don't know how these black holes got to be so big. And the reason is that it's, you, know, you might think, well, the black hole sits at the center of the galaxy. Of course, it just sucks up a bunch of stars. Yeah, it's just been eating a lot. Yeah, but, um, but you know, um, it's not easy for black holes to suck in all those stars because the stars are orbiting, right? Mm. The same reason that the Earth doesn't just like fall into the sun and make the sun a tiny bit bigger, those stars are orbiting the black hole and their angular momentum keeps them from falling in. Mm. And so according to our models, the black holes should not be that big. They're like a thousand times bigger than they should be if we understand, you know, how they started and how they grew. So the fact that they're so big is kind of awesome, but also a big mystery. They're mysteriously big. Like we don't know where all the food came from. We don't know how they got that big. Yeah, we don't know. What are they sucking in and where did it come from and who's been feeding them? And people have crazy ideas. You know, they think maybe there was a time in the universe when galaxies were colliding a lot more than they are now. And so it could be that, you know, a bunch of galaxies crammed together and what we have at the center of our galaxy is basically the black holes of a bunch of galaxies all merged Mm. together. Or, you know, maybe when that merger happens, the black hole just like gobbles up a bunch of stars because uh, they come into its path. There's a lot of fun, really fun, but really crazy, dramatic ideas. And the amazing thing to me is that these these dramas are incredible, right? Black holes eating stars. Yeah. But they also happen really slowly. You know, like uh, over millions and billions of years, you see these galaxies colliding and merging and things getting sucked up. Right. You know, I love the idea of huge violence happening really slowly. Well, it's slow for you. Um, but, you know, our lives would be slow to an ant, right? Or to a microbe. Yeah, exactly. And on the Microbe Universe podcast, they probably talk about that all the time, right? <laughs> Daniel, disaster we're talking so slowly. The disaster that is this podcast. or It's all <laughs> happening right. so slowly. Why is this podcast so long? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the black hole in our galaxy, the one at the center, the supermassive one, came from two galaxies crashing into each other and their black holes joining into one. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that we just don't understand the process that starts a black hole and that maybe they started off much bigger Mm. and uh, and that explains why they are larger than than we understood. Uh, There's just a lot of basic questions, you know, and every time we do this in science, we see something interesting, then we ask, can we explain it? Do our models predict exactly what we're going to see? It's not just like, oh, we figured there'd be a black hole. Yeah, there is. And we come up with like detailed quantitative models that say, how big should it be? Or is our black hole unusual? And let's look at all the other black holes. And we try to really understand the details of the process. This is how we, we, we find problems and this is how we crack them. Mm. So it's really all in getting into these details. I have a question. Can a black hole suck in dark matter? Absolutely, yeah. Really? There's nothing preventing that. Yeah, oh. absolutely. I mean, dark matter feels gravity, right? Uh-huh. And so... It's going to get pulled by by the black hole, and it's probably there could be dark there could be um, black holes made mostly of dark matter, right? Wow. 
dark holes or whatever you want to call dark them. black holes yeah exactly. blacker holes no dark matter is definitely not immune from the gravitational pull of a of a black hole well it's amazing to think we have this huge mystery in the center of our galaxy a huge hole in our knowledge about the universe is there literally and figuratively right that's right it's at the center of everything we we live around it's we are been orbiting it for billions of years and still don't understand it. And the list of mysteries of the galactic center is huge. You know, we don't understand a lot of the radiation that's coming from there. We think there might be weird stuff happening that we don't understand. So strange stars being made, all sorts of other kind of processes. Right. You know, um, another big mystery is like, where do all the high energy cosmic rays come from? These particles from space that have so much energy, we can't explain it. Yeah, we did a podcast episode on that, right? Yeah, and one possibility is maybe they're coming from centers of galaxies with these enormous pressures and huge gravitational forces. Mm. So far, it doesn't look like it because we, we don't have a whole lot of examples of these high-energy particles, but we can't point them all back to the centers of galaxies. Uh, but we don't know. And so there's a, there's a lot of stuff to be discovered. It's a really, really rich source of, of, of um, astronomical mystery. Yeah, it really makes you think how dynamic things still are. You know, Things seem pretty chill right now in our solar system, but... We're really part of this larger history of this crazy, giant, swirling, active, disaster crash zone. Toilet. That was the alternate name for the for the galaxy we considered instead of Milky Way. <laughs> the active crash disaster toilet. <laughs> but it didn't quite roll off the tongue the same way. I didn't think it was going to sell t-shirts. Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. And remember, the galaxy is young. We've only been around for 20 spins of the galaxy. Mm. Um, and so in terms of uh, galactic years, the whole universe isn't even that much longer. It's oh. like, you know, 60 or 70 galactic years old. Right. So things are just getting started. So in that this center, this party is just getting started. The party, yeah, the the downtown party. <laughs> That's right. But uh, it's interesting to think that inside of that galactic center are clues about how the galaxy formed and how this whole universe got put together, right? Exactly. Absolutely. And that's what makes it so exciting. And, you know, that's the process of science. Like, let's look around and see what we don't understand and then ask basic questions about it and try to figure it out. And along the way, we come up with better and better and more accurate models of what's going on. And that's how we figured out, like, that dark matter is a thing. And that's how we discovered black holes and uh, all the, a lot of the really great transformative discoveries of, of the modern age have come from asking simple, basic questions about stuff. And not flushing them down the toilet right away when your <laughs> podcast partner says them. <laughs> That's right. Or asking questions about how to flush things down the toilet. Like, can I flush a black hole down the toilet? Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, only the dark matter, please. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was such an obvious joke. Nice job. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for joining us. That's the mystery at the center of the galaxy. That's right. So now you know what is the center, the hopping party at the center of the galaxy. But we don't recommend you spend any time there. Join us in 250 million years when the Earth turns 21. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.